Hi, this is a podcast of the best bits of Breakfasters for weekending May 1. Breakfasters is a Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Coming up on this podcast, you'll hear... Well, with the occurrence of Anzac Day, my mother-in-law bit off a bit more than she could bugle. Uh, Luke Hilakari is the Secretary of the Victorian Trades Hall Council and spoke to us about the job scammer website, a COVID JobKeeper call-out to dob in dodgy bosses. And we checked in with fashion icon Helen Badu about her live show in ISO, Badu Zooms. Uh, also, we got to talk about space and stars with Lisa Harvey-Smith. Uh, about the free virtual workshops for kids and also maybe people that aren't kids uh, like me. Uh, Also, we talked um, movies, Pierce Brosnan, is he the best Bond? Some people say yes. Uh, And also, uh, Geraldine's been body surfing. That's me. Uh, We explain it. (laughs) Santa Fat Pants is in there. What does it mean? (laughs) Tune in. Let's find out. Melbourne's own. Triple R. Uh, when I first saw Sarah this morning, um, I said, how's your weekend? And she said, it's pretty quiet. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I might have used the term low key. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Yeah. Because um, that's what our weekends are. It's lovely walks and some chats and stuff. It's nice. Um, although I, um, I had a few... Few highlights. I went to the um, went to the beach a couple of times, and um, I've been trying to um, body surf. Oh. I just remember as a teenager actually being able to do it. Like I remember going, being on school excursions, and just kind of having that one arm out and just riding a wave. And I'm like, and I remember it being really simple. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> but now as an adult, I'm like, I don't know how I how I did it. And Dumb question. Thought, is is there a difference between body surfing and boogie boarding? Yeah, body surfing is just your body. Yeah. Uh, and But boogie boarding is just your boogie? It's just your boogie, yeah. Yeah, yeah you boogie board. <laughs> but you, you can body board. board as well. Right, okay, yeah. sorry. I'll shut up. Yeah, no, I'm out of it's my a, It's a fair no, call. No, these, are, these are all um, good questions. Body surfing uh, is just swimming but catching a wave. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, and... So there was one where Kath came um, to the – because I, I try to, um, if I can, get her to come and supervise me while I'm in the water just in case, you know, there's no one around and I might drown. Um, so – but she'll just kind of sit up on a park bench and, and watch me from a distance. And when I got out, she said, oh, I'm trying to body surf, were you? And I was like, <laughs> oh. Like, yeah, well, just, you know, it's because it's more of a gentle push that you get. I'm like, I know. But it's because I'm, you know, I'm only in waist-deep water. So it's just that when the wave comes in, I'm just getting it. So even if I was body surfing, this, I couldn't go very far anyway because my belly would be on the sand. Um, so there's some fun, exciting things that I've been trying. A bit cold it's- yesterday, though. Yeah, it would have been. I didn't do it yesterday. Okay, so so you didn't master it. 
I'll get there in two I, years. I can feel, I feel your pain. Like, I've been trying to body surf for so long. I can't even surf, but like I, 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 I don't get it. Like Andrew can do it, and I watch him, and I go, I don't get what you're doing. I just don't get it. Like I, I paddle in front of the wave, and then the wave never catch. Then it never takes me. I just get hit by the wave, yeah. and then come out the back of it. I, it's like I don't, I, you know, and I just feel like I don't know. But I've never learned how to dive either, so I think there's something wrong with my body. Oh, do you know how to dive? Like, Dive into the pool yeah. or dive from a height. I can't dive from into a pool. Oh. Yeah. It's just it's it's about letting your body just um go head first. And that's tough. And it's, I understand why. Um <laughs> Thanks. You done it. So I'm on your side. Just trying to make you feel better about the body surfing too. <laughs> oh, well, from your description, I'm doing better than you. You so. are. You are. <laughs> I'm getting that gentle push into the shore. <laughs> and what do surfers think of boogie boarders? Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, like Chappelle Corby, was she actually a boogie boarder? Oh. <laughs> and would you, like, it wouldn't even occur like, to me. Was there a boogie board in that bag? Is that- yeah, that's what I want to know. And it's also, it's like, why wouldn't you, like, let's say, you were going to Bali to boogie board or going anywhere. It doesn't have to be Bali. Would you take a boogie board? Like, is it that? Can't you get a boogie board on arrival? No, you take your own. Sure. If I feel like if you're a pro boogie boarder, I feel like we should say bodyboarding. Like, they'll be offended if we call it boogie board. But if you're a pro boogie boarder, you take your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? You take your own flippers. Like, I reckon there's yeah. hardcore boogie boarders that are out there on the huge waves. They've got flippers. They're doing twists. And then yeah. there's, like... Everyone else at the front. Yeah. Okay, so there are hardcore boogie boarders. It's not like the checkers and chess. No, I don't. We think need so. to change this segment to called to be called breakfasters talk about things they know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. My my weekend was so um, perversely non-existent. The biggest bombshell was because you know how people find uh, they're going through all their stuff. Anyway, I found a jumper. Oh yes, and I'm, I'm wearing it now. And um, <laughs> Jessie's complimented me like every day. She bought me this jumper two years ago. I don't think I've ever worn it. It's come out of the woodwork. And what? now I refuse you, to take it off. Did you never wear it because you didn't know where it was? Or did you not like it? I don't know. It just never sang to me. And, and you know, it's it's jumpers are very stifling. Like, you know, they're... You know, if it's very hot, you don't want to wear a jumper. I don't know. It's, I feel like the season turned. I'm experimenting. I mean, completely... Melbourne has very long and cold winters. <laughs> yeah. What is it, too high up around your neck? <laughs> Maybe. It's just it was a slow burn jumper. And, uh, and uh, another thing about it is it got it from this place and I have it was in the city and it was on a laneway and it was upstairs and it was near a gallery. And I have I've looked for this place for two years and I cannot find oh, where this place was. <laughs> ah. I think it's got your jumper from Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperate to find out where it is. What's it made out of? Is it like elk? Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I look. I don't know what you think of it. I you look it, like a, a floating head in darkness. That's what I can see at the moment <laughs> yeah, because your room is so the way dark. I like it. <laughs> 
But is it a wool? Is it like a nice wool jumper? It is. It's a, yeah, it's a gorgeous, very comfortable jumper. And I, you know, it's true. It, I don't know why it took so long. And then because the, the person who got, gifted me this present is, I'm living with them, so I can't lie and say, oh no, I've been wearing it. You know, I don't know. You just we haven't crossed paths. Maybe it's like a dad bod jumper. Now you're like in dad mode. You can embrace the. Yeah, I think it, it, that's pos- that's definitely a possibility. I'm leaning into because it's you look very blocky in a jumper. Yeah, I agree. I think, mm. I think that jumper looks great on you. No, <laughs> thanks for, I can't yeah. believe you can see it. I I found a um a jumper here last week, and because you know Kath is down here, like was been down here back and forth. Um, quite often she'll take items from our wardrobe and bring it down here. And so there was a – I had a hoodie that I got from the, the Hollywood Bowl when I went to, oh, to L.A. because cool. I arrived late and I was cold, so I bought a, I bought a jumper. But it's a really nice, warm um, hoodie and, and, like, nice and soft. And then – and I found it in the cupboard. I was like, oh, what a mm. bonus. In these ISO times yeah. to have a nice, soft wood – Hoodie, and I've got it. Was great. I'm so impressed that you're upskill, like upskilling your wardrobe, Dan. You're like, I've just, I'm regressing into. It's so sad. Like I, I started wearing Andrew's tracksuit pants because they're bigger <laughs> and even more comfortable. And he's just looking at me like, you've got to, you're letting this go too far. And I went out, I went to the out in the house with them the other day, and he's like, all right, I just your confidence. He doesn't mind, but he's just like your confidence with how daggy you're allowing yourself to be is so great. Yeah. Oh. I see you're wearing tracksuit pants out of the house and I'll raise you Kath wearing pyjama pants out of the house. <laughs> Where did she wear pyjama pants to? Uh, to take the dogs for a walk. So, you know, I mean, highly unlikely that we'd come across anyone, but still possible. And also just out of the house. And she, I looked at her, I'm like, are you going to? And she's like, no, nah, what for? Like, they're just, you know, who can I'm like... Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, I basically did pyjama pants the other night. Andrew has these um, house pants, he calls them, and they're effectively bright red fuzzy fat pants, like rave (laughs) pants. Um, He wouldn't describe them as that, but his mum gave them to him as like I think a kind of a joke gift. They've got guitars all over them. And so they're like kind of like Santa pants, Santa fat pants. Anyway, he just wears them around the house because they're really comfy. And I started And I've started wearing them. And um, the other night, he goes, I don't want you wearing them out. They're my house pants. I'll drag in the wet on the ground because they're too big for me. And I was like, no, nah, I'll be right. And I rolled up the bottoms of them. And so they were kind of like hanging below my knees. And he's like, Jesus Christ. It was like 9 p.m. And um, we went for a walk with the dogs. But then they, I began to unwind. Like I couldn't. And I was like, oh, God, they're going to hit the ground. I'm going to get in so much trouble. And then I just had to roll the roll the band up, the waistband up really high and carry the fat pants by the waist oh, the rest of the way around the block while Andrew led Ralph. Anyway, it was a really low point in isolation. I think they're yours now. Triple R. Big question that's been weighing on a lot of people's minds. Uh, it's been weighing on my mind. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one, and that is, did Jesse's mum play the last post on Saturday morning for our Anzacs at the end of the driveway? Well, she did. And, you know. What great news. It is It is good news. It was an unusual Anzac day across the country, really. Uh 
everyone was improvising and, you know, there was two up over Zoom and Dad, which I, I didn't realise he was doing this, he he recited the ode um, while someone who was a professional musician uh, afterwards uh, played the last post and th- that was just occurring all over the country and there was a yeah. single single bugler at the MCG as well, which was quite haunting. Yeah, the images of everyone in their driveways with candles and and things like that were, were really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah and and there was a there was a kid on the news who was like, "I've been practicing for a week." And I was like, "Well, Jesse's mum Clara was practicing for months. She went, she's been talking about this for ages, and she used to be a trumpeter. So she did she did have a trumpet. And uh, anyway, she." Gave it a crack. And, you know, as Judith Lucy said, you know, the, that's that's what it's all about. Having uh, a go. That's having the Anzac go. spirit. Get in there. Precisely right. And it was, a, it was a very valiant effort. And apparently she went to bed early and she was quite, she was quite cocky. Um, <laughs> Uh, she, she reckoned she'd nailed it, but then she got up at three and it was too early. Anyway, she started getting nervous and she, you didn't, she didn't, she didn't practice under match conditions. So it was cause it was dark. So, you know, oh. they had to, she had to enlist someone to hold a torch in front of the sheet music. Oh, right. So she hadn't memorized. It's been months. Come on. <laughs> So, and so, and the street was full. There were candles all up and down the street. She had an audience. Oh, that's so nerve wracking and beautiful. Yes. Anyway, uh, shall I, shall I play? Well, yeah, if you've got it, I'm. All right. There was, there was a recording and it was, it was a, it was a valiant effort. This is Clara last posting. uh, And. As you can see, it's very, very haunting. And um, <laughs> that's a terrific um, effort. It, very valiant, absolutely. Uh, but she was, as she was doing, because her lips, you know, her lips were cold. It's and, cold, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she, and it's, and then during a break, she could hear all her neighbours up and down the street <laughs> laughing. Oh. <laughs> So she, she broke a little bit. Oh. And anyway, 
<laughs> it's a really good job. Yeah. No, congratulations. And well, that just goes to, you know, I think we all now have a bit more of an appreciation for those people that do get up early to, to play that with it and it's cold and their their lips might not be working as well. Yeah, you can't see and it's yeah, it's trembling yeah. but but yeah, she uh I mean her her husband just said his his view was you just choked. That's Triple R Professor Lisa Harvey-Smith is an award-winning astrophysicist, Australia's first women in STEM ambassador, and Professor of Practice in Science Communication at the University of New South Wales. In this time of lockdown, she's presenting free and interactive virtual workshops for young stargazers. And to tell us about it, the Stargazing Live presenter joins us on the line now. Professor, welcome to Breakfasters. Thanks, guys. Good morning. Uh Let's talk learning from home. It's new for a whole bunch of people, but you have a bit of experience in this area? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit unusual, but um, instead of high school, I actually learned at home. So from the ages of 11 to 16, um, I had the choice of going to my local high school or to learn at home, and I chose the latter because um, it was really good for me. I, I found a love of subjects that weren't even taught in the school curriculum. One of them was astronomy. And, um, you know, become an astronomer is my job, and it's been a really fun ride. So, uh, yeah, at this time when everyone's locked down, a lot of people not at school, um, it's a great time to explore some new subjects. Do you, have any, do you have any tips for anyone who might be struggling with the new environment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not to put yourself under too much pressure. Um, I mean, some some people will be, you know, year eleven or twelve, and they'll they'll feel like um, if their HSC is going on or their their um, equivalent exams in year twelve, then that's going to be um, a really stressful time. But I think it's it's just got to be find a quiet place uh, and focus on what's important. Don't don't sweat the small stuff, uh, and and keep remembering that. You know, life lifelong learning is the most important thing. You never stop learning, then you never stop create new skills, new interests, uh, and you you get really interesting new jobs too. Mm. Well, it seems like uh, the sky, it's all happening in the sky at the moment. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, there's heaps going on. Um, we just had uh, a really cool meteor shower the other night, uh, the Lyrid meteor shower. That's when um, a comet's tail from hundreds of years ago um, is sort of sitting in space and all the little bits are floating out in space and the Earth just comes along in its orbit around the sun and it just hits these particles and they all fly through the atmosphere all at once. So that was, that was really cool. Um, we just had a supermoon um, last month, so the moon's looking a bit bigger than normal at the moment. That means uh, it's just a little bit closer to us, so it looks about sort of 10 15% brighter. Um, and we got another full moon coming up on the 6th of May, so that should look pretty awesome. Uh, as well. I think there was an aurora the other night. Um, uh, the northern, the southern lights um, and the northern lights are the aurora um, and that's where the sky glows sort of red and green. Um, that looked pretty awesome from southern Tasmania. I don't think it stretched quite up to Melbourne but quite often you can get um, aurora in Melbourne too. And then uh, there's a pl- planet show too so there's all sorts going on. As an astronomer I mean you sound so excited just talking even about a supermoon still and you get to see this cool stuff all the time. What is your or what is your favourite thing to see in the sky? Is there like a white whale or something that still just blows your mind more than other things? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the white whale, the, the beluga, if you were like, is, is really the, um, 
uh, the comets I've seen. Um, I haven't seen a, a really bright comet for a number of years now, since 1997 or so, but they're amazing when they come along and you can see um, sort of a, a bright glowing green ball with a, a tail and it's it's just incredible. Uh, that That's amazing. How has the pandemic affected the astronomy world and observing observing the skies? Well, um, for ordinary backyard observing, I wouldn't say too much. Maybe there's possibly a few fewer lights, um, which is a good thing um, if people are staying at home. But um, in the professional astronomy world, a lot of the observatories of big telescopes around the world, they're all closed, of course, because the staff can't sort of gather. And, um, you know, it's, it's made quite a big impact. So um, professional science, uh, quite a lot. If you're looking mm. in your back garden, not so much. Is it true that you don't have a telescope? Yeah, I've never had a telescope. I've been um, observing the skies like from a kid from about the age of 11 or 12. Uh, and I've helped to build and run some of the biggest telescopes across the world. And I've never owned even the smallest telescope. I've actually got a pair of binoculars and they're very good. So that's my top tip really to everyone at home. You don't need a telescope. Don't need, If your kid's uh, interested in astronomy, if you're interested in astronomy, you don't need to buy an expensive telescope. Um, you can do, but often they just gather dust in the corner. Just get out there and look with your eyes um, and enjoy it. Can you tell us about these upcoming dates and, and what you've got going on for, for kids who are interested in stargazing? Sure, yeah, well, we've called it Astrophysics Live, um, and it's really a free series of online um, live events, so you sort of log in through YouTube. You just have to register for those. Um, all the details are on lisaharveysmith.com, um, and you just click register, and you have to register as a teacher just to create a safe environment for kids, essentially. Um, but um, it's free. Um, it's me live on YouTube uh, talking about space, talking about the cool upcoming things. This um, next one is 6th of May. It's on the full moon night. So we'll be watching the, the full moon rising and learning all about the moon, how it's created, um, how you can observe it with binoculars or just with your eyes, and what kind of cool stuff you can see. I'm, I noticed that in the last um, workshop you discussed galaxies and black holes. How do you simplify black holes for kids? <laughs> Well, you know, it's not that hard because kids are cleverer than grown-ups, I, I think that's my theory. Um, we, we get sort of to, uh, less interested and less engaged in education as we get older, I think, um, on average. So I think kids are the smartest. Um, you can, you know, I wrote a book called Under the Stars, Astrophysics for Bedtime, and, and that's what I'm reading out, some, some chapters in this, um, in this live astrophysics event, because it can really condense hard subjects like galaxies, like 200 trillion stars in a in a winding spiral like a giant galactic octopus you know you can get kids engaged by sort of drawing pictures in their minds and likening it to other things that they that they are familiar with and then you can kind of wow them with the big numbers too and you're very tolerant of any sort of question i suppose including my dumb one right now yeah, yeah um, absolutely <laughs> do, do you do you have a preferred hemisphere uh, yeah, you know what? That's a that's a really good question. So what you're getting at is that the Earth is obviously round. It, if you think it's flat, it's not. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> it's definitely round. I, I checked. Um, but the, um, the the northern hemisphere sky is where I grew up. I, I grew up in the UK, and um, I love the stars there because that's what I learnt as a kid, and I kind of feel anchored to that side of the, the world. But in the south, you get more of the Milky Way, which is really beautiful because it's all these like millions of stars that you can see as a band of light through the sky, and you get really cool stuff in the middle of the Milky Way, like a, a supermassive black hole, four million times heavier than the sun. So that's 
pretty awesome. You can't see that in the north. So I'd say I love both hemispheres. Um, the north, I always feel kind of sentimental about. The south um, has more cool stuff. And the the so this is open to everyone, but you you're it's six to twelve largely. Yeah, it's sort of pitch to kids, so it'd be safe for kids, um, pitch well for them, but also adults. I've had adults logging on, even adults with PhDs and other subjects. So like it's not it's not going to be um, like you're not a child, you can't come in. Um, we had over five hundred people log in, so it's like it's not like a Zoom meeting. You can, I can't see you, so it's just you know like one way. But then we we use um a thing called Slido, which is um a question and answer tool so you just downloaded this little app and you can ask questions i answer all the questions throughout the the um, event and it's really good fun really interactive and it's just uh, a great way to get educational babysitting as well if you're a working parent mm. what's the most common question you get asked um i think last time we were talking about um planets and i actually asked everyone what their favorite planet was and i said my favorite planet was earth and what, what what about you guys what's your favorite planets oh earth yeah because we yeah. live there yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll go with earth <laughs> earth, no, earth just because you said it and i want to be like you um yeah, right yeah but I'd go, Saturn's pretty cool with the rings. Yeah. That's it. That's common. Uh, and then you always get a boy at the end. And you know what he says? Uranus. Uranus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a standard, it's a standard formula every time. Oh, I and I have it. to smile. <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> Uh, it's also something that you've written about is when you look at a star, they're, they're maybe more connected than we give them credit for. Uh, yeah. You mean like multiple stars? Well, I was thinking about is like they some orbit around each other or they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean more than half of stars in the whole universe are actually in families. I've just written a new book about this coming out in August, but um, the – the secret life of stars because they actually do live in families they're like us and it's kind of like describing how stars aren't lonely they don't they don't travel the universe on their own a lot of them are in groups some there are some stars that are in groups of five six or seven and they actually are gravitationally bound to each other so they're like orbiting around in this huge pack and this huge like family essentially and um yeah a lot of stars are are um, in busy places they're not socially distancing so I think we should get a down there, actually, personally. But yeah, and, when, and when when people philosophise and say, you know, we're all made of stardust, do you buy that, or is that a bit of wank? No, no, it's absolutely it's not. Um, it's absolutely true. Um, you know, it is. It's, I, I, I do like saying we are stardust, and you know, Carl Sagan said it years ago. But there's there's this um, science communicator called Lee Constable, and she's she's on a. a, a a show called Scope, and she always says, um, yeah, we're made of stars, but so is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Beautiful. true, we are. We are. It's, well, it's a wonderful thing. The the upcoming workshops are on two Wednesdays, 6th of May and 10th of June, and you can head to lisaharveysmith.com, as you say, and also darkconnections.org.au, is that correct? That's right, yeah, yeah, okay. that's the uh, education department website. Okay, so lisaharveysmith.com and dartconnections.org.au to book your spot and download the free app to get started. And uh, we've been speaking with astrophysicist Professor Lisa Harvey-Smith. Thanks so much for coming on. Pleasure. See you guys. Bye. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Obviously we've got um, heaps of time to um, watch things, but it's interesting. I still, I still keep the weekend for 
blockbuster movies. Oh, yeah. Like, like Friday, Saturday nights, like, oh, let's watch a movie. Like during the week it's like you watch a, we'll watch a TV series or something. But, um, yeah, so weekends is like, oh, what, what's a big blockbuster? Um, we watched on Saturday night, we watched um, Mamma Mia, and, my God, that is one of the most cooked movies I've ever seen <laughs> I've never in seen my it. life. Why? I don't – why is it cooked or yeah. why Why did I watch it? Well, both because I've never seen it, so I don't even know – I don't know what it's about. ABBA songs. It just use, uses the songs from ABBA. And it's um, – Daniel, have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't. I will just quickly add, though, that – Jesse similarly was watching Mamma Mia 2, couldn't understand what the movie was about, and then Cher turned up just at the end and redeemed the whole thing. <laughs> Cher always but, redeems everything. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Double O's, uh, um, Pierce Brosnan was my favourite Bond, so, uh, oh. you know, he'll be my gateway. Oh, my I God, do Daniel, we haven't discussed this. He's my favourite Bond, but I feel like he's – like universally panned for his bonds. And like if you talk to Bond fanatics, they're like Pierce Brosnan ride him out of history. But I loved him. Yeah, Pierce all the way. Oh, Absolutely. Do you know we shared and- that? <laughs> the Matador, what a generational under- thing. But he was also it's his bond was also the uh the core of the probably the best bond video game on Yeah, Nintendo Golden Eye. Yeah, That's true, right. true. Uh well, yes, Pierce makes an appearance in Mamma Mia and and also, you know, Meryl Streep. And he's like, it. yes, yes, it is It is fun. And it's like this thing where you've got a – there's a moment where you decide to go along with it or just – you just need to accept it and then you can enjoy it. Um, but I'm not saying – I'm not recommending people go and watch it. If you haven't seen it already <laughs> – it probably means that you, it's not for you. Like it's mm. right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. If I'll, I'll just rewatch of, Dante's P. Yeah, if you're a fan of ABBA, then you've already seen it. Do you know? And and you can accept the world that they're they're in. Did you accept um, it? Yeah. Um, yes. Enough. Enough to. Um, not completely hate it. Like there's a there's a tipping point, and I went, okay, you just you've just got to just this is so silly. Lean in, yeah, and you just let the the thing um, that's so kind of a bit annoying about it is having these big stars do um, kind of B grade singing, and it's like, oh, it's. Listening to Pierce Brosnan sing. Oh, don't he can't sing? No, well, yes, but it's the singing is fine. Like it's not cringeworthy singing. It's just like I don't know. It's you know you have the choice of do you get um, someone that can act and can only just sing, or do you get a singer that can barely act? I mean, but Whitney Houston's not with us anymore, so you have to. Choose one or the other. Share. Um, just seems such a logical. I'm so so, so sad she doesn't get well, more screen time. Well, maybe that's what she, she's not in. I haven't. She well, didn't pop up in this one, in the first one. But it's there's some really funny bits in it. But it's it's just funny because it's like, what on earth is happening? Like, <laughs> um, how much like on a ratio of talking to singing? 
How much singing is there? It's like any it's like any musical. There's a fair amount of talking, and then it, then they break into song, and it's you know obviously around what they were discussing, and and also all the townspeople are involved in the singing as well, and that's the fun part. It's like why. <laughs> Why is the local baker in this scene now? Like, who knows? (laughs) But at least it's fun, you Mm. know. Well, from Piers Brosnan there, 007, his nemesis was played by Sean Bean, uh, an excellent nemesis um, in GoldenEye, and then Sean Bean in Game of Thrones. And been watching Game of Thrones up to season two, Jesse's force-feeding it to me. And uh, one thing that I do the exact same thing, weekends for movies, you have to differentiate the week somehow. Yes. And I totally agree. And so I was like, I've, I could never get her to watch The Revenant uh, yeah, with, with Leonardo reason. DiCaprio. Well, it, he won Best Actor yeah, in but 2016. We're watching Game of Thrones. Everybody's getting stabbed in the snow. I mean, you're getting, yeah. you've got innocent people getting knifed through the throat. And yeah. like, yeah. it's it's brutal. And I'm like, well, maybe I can bridge Jesse over to the Revenant, With the given violence. that she's giving Game of Thrones a free pass. <laughs> so what's, we started what, watching. What's the Revenant? I can't, I can't, I don't remember. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour film with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's the one where he got smashed by a bear and uh, he had oh. to put out a statement because it looked like the bear was trying to – it looked like That's they right. were having a and liaison. It's based, on a, it's based on a true story. Is it? What? Yeah. Oh, well, I think it is. That's why I was. That's why I feel like The Revenant in my head is worse because I, I thought it happened. Like it was like real life. And it's like the most gory two hours of film ever. Like people walked out of the cinemas because they couldn't handle it. I mean, I haven't seen yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, if Jessie could have walked out of the cinema, she would instead she walked out of the lounge room. <laughs> oh, did she? And it's because I'm well, – Fair she, enough. She's I, just given birth. The, well, the bear tears him apart, and and then he recovers from the. But she didn't like that he tried to shoot the bear, and she was like, "What about the cubs?" I'm like, oh my god! god. Who cares about the cubs? It's a movie. Doesn't he wear? He's supposed he, to be signing Leo. Does he wear the bear afterwards as well? No. I'm, I'm not. He probably would wear it for warmth, the skin. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I have seen it. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm halfway through, and I'm, not, I refuse to watch the second half of my own. Oh, what are you gonna oh. do? You can't just bring in a stranger gonna, halfway through. Nah, I've, I've said, I've said, look, they've put Leo through the ringer, and then now it's gonna get a bit easier. Or is it? <laughs> or is it exactly? But if I'm gonna watch eighty hours of Game of Thrones, yes. Yeah, I, I agree. But Game of Thrones is like there's dragons. It's all fake, you know. The well, Revenant feels too real. Well, that's possibly true. And Game of Thrones also, everyone knows all this already. But uh, uh, there's a there's a little there's a black little ghost that can kill. Someone gets stabbed by this black mist. I'm like, if you can get stabbed by a shadow, all bets are off. Well, yeah. we're not in reality anymore. That's what, that's like where, that is where you drew the line with that show, was the stabbing yeah. mist, not with any other aspect of it. 
<laughs> no, You're dragons like, go for it. Stabbing this is one step too far. <laughs> anyway. Triple R. Live from the confines of the northwestern suburbs of Melbourne comes Badoo Zooms, a night in with a person described as Australia's most emotionally unstable fashion expert. And to tell us about it, the Barry Award nominee and Sarong Celeb, as seen on Get Kraken, joins us on the line now. Helen Badoo, welcome back to Breakfasters. I'll speak for yourself, David. <laughs> I'm fine. Personally, I'm enjoying isolation. I've got a lot of creative projects on. I'm busy. I've done Pilates, yoga, uh, box size. Um, I've renovated the kitchen. That was this morning. So, <laughs> I don't know. Question your own um, stability, I guess. <laughs> um, people, do you sense letting themselves go in a fashion sense across Australia? Yeah, look, I've seen some shocking um, isolation fashion. Um, there's a lot of people just thinking, you know, I'm just going to wear a tracksuit um, today and for the last five days. And I'm here to tell you that's not on. Um, you've still got to glam up. You've still got to make an effort. You know, I'm in a sarong every day. I get up, I put a sarong and I do my hair, I do my makeup, I do a full makeup. Um, and then I'm around, you know, I'm, I'm drinking, I'm, I'm out, I'm, in. I'm always out and in and, and I don't go out anymore, but I'm in. <laughs> Great. Enjoy it. Uh, uh, creative projects. And I saw, I saw last year that you were looking for love. Is How's that? How did that pan out? I, I, I mean, I'm not looking for love. I've got, uh, a, I've got a life partner, Simon. Um, so we're, yeah, look, we've never been better actually. I'm, I don't want to set tongues wagging, but um, we're, I've actually been hearing wedding bells. So that's some good um, news. Coming Helen. In. Yeah. Helen, yeah, where, yeah. Is, hello, where, where is Simon um, at the moment? Like are you oh, in well, isolation Johnny, together? Um, yeah, thank you for the question. Look, Simon's a really creative person, um, as you know, a really spiritual kind of person. And uh, when isolation started, he he just came to me and he said, babe, I've got to go north, um, which I completely understood. Um, and, you know, he's only – he was a casual up at um, Captain Snooze at, at the DFO, so that was fine for him to just go north. And, um, and we don't – we're not in contact because of, you know – fear of infection and things so um but he's you know he's up there he's playing music he's free which is great oh okay mm. so no contact you must no. be missing him um yeah. you know i'm my own woman i've got the wedding to plan i've got a lot of creative projects i've got a i've got a couple of small business opportunities i'm i'm online you know what i mean i'm moving things online i'm i'm up i've done boxer size and um i've just done yoga so i'm fine yeah <laughs> And how is this show going to work? It's just um, Helen Badoo Zooms. It's, um, you know, I've got songs um, and my son, Connor, uh, he's moved out um, into a share house, but he's going to be on the line. He's controlling all the technologies. He's young and he's groovy. So, um, you know, it'll just be me and... uh, Yeah, yeah, all these creative projects and I've got, yeah... Yeah. And now, um, there's also um, there, there'll be cocktails, but it's yeah. BYO cocktails, obviously. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations of, of what people can make at home? Um, well, I love the kiwi mojito, Geraldine, as you know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's one of my go-to. So I'll actually be doing a demonstration of how to pull that together on um, 
yeah, so that's big news coming in. Um, yeah, so I've, I'll show you how to put one together and what you need and then um, sip, sip and drink, drink and woo! <laughs> <laughs> We know you yeah. love you. We know you love your Pilates. You um and your boxer size and the rest. Have yeah. you got any tips for people on how to stay fit during the pandemic? Yeah, look, get up, stop being lazy, move it, um, and you know, and and do an online class. You can you can clap along. You can shout out things to the instructor, like you know, I don't like this bit, or whatever you want. You're online. You know what I mean? It's groovy and just move. Um, and, and run, run for your life, run, <laughs> run, run from the virus, run. And what's what about, okay, no, no, I was just, go on Jess. I just wanted to know, um, a lot of people have been upskilling during this yeah. pandemic. Um, have you learnt anything new, like bake some bread or anything like that? Violin. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah, violin and the cello, both. I did both of those. I did that in week one. So, um, yeah, I've, I've done those and I'm doing, um, you know, I'm upskilling. I've got a couple of online projects and, yeah. Um, I put, I've got some um, popsicle sticks that I put uh, into certain patterns. Okay. Yeah. They're trays. Right. Yeah. Uh, and how how are you going to go with the technical aspect of the show? Will the you know will the audience be silenced? How, how do you think that's yeah. going to play? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't foresee any technical problems. I um I don't know if you've used Zoom. It's very um there's never there's rarely a problem on there. Um, so I I just anticipate full sort of ease of um, technology and and no stuff stuff ups or anything like that. So um, yeah, like I think it. You know, just be me and a couple of drinks and. <laughs> I'm doing it. No, 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 I'm doing it. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. So, zoom, zoom, zoom. Let's go back to my room. <laughs> another one I've done. Yeah. <laughs> also, Helen, a lot of people have felt um, quite, um, you know, isolated and lonely oh. throughout this. And how, oh, how are you feeling? Yeah, okay. as I said, yeah, as I've said, I'm fine. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Hello. I, I, I don't mind talking to um, – I'll talk to myself if I have to, you know. Mm. Don't do that, Helen. Pick that up. <laughs> that sort of thing, you know. Uh, it's time for Pilates. Get up. <laughs> Move it. Sort of uh, just talk to yourself. Enjoy it. What and what about what about songs? Will there be will there be instruments? Yeah, I've got a new song I've written uh, in ISO, so that's big. Um, got a classic, couple of classic hits um, that you would have heard before. I've got um, yeah, I mean, I am yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rumble. New songs, yeah, singy song. <laughs> Helen, what's when ISO is over? What's the first thing that you're gonna do? What are you looking forward to doing once we can get out again? Well, um, I think, you know, obviously I've got a list of um, wedding venues that I've got to um, <laughs> get around to. So I've got a huge list. I'll probably be out in the Yarra Valley. I'll be uh, Williamstown, you know, those sort of places. Um, yachts, yacht clubs. Um, I'm looking at yacht clubs. So I'll be doing that. I'll be I'm going to caterers, you know. So that's um, – I'll go up the DFO, obviously. Um, mm. So those things, yeah. Essendon, Essendon Fields. I'll probably be in Essendon Fields. <laughs> Straight to Essendon Fields, man. Always. <laughs> Always. Straight up. Straight up the freeway. 
by, by the way, are there any perks um, with being so closely associated with casual from Captain Snooze? Um, yeah, I mean, um, he's head bedman up there. So um, I get, you know, pillows and deals and um, um, spring, 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 um, spring forms. Spring forms, guys. Spring, you know? What a dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dream away. Yeah. Uh, well, it's Badoo Zooms. It's it's a night in with uh, Australia's most unstable comedy star. It's on for two nights, Did Friday. Daniel? <laughs> oh, right. uh, it's, it's Friday, 1st of May at 7pm, and yeah. then Saturday, 2nd of May at 8.30. Is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the diary then. I, I'll, I'll switch. I hope someone calls. <laughs> no one knows. But Connor will do it. Yeah. And uh, to book, go to comedy.com.au. Yes, Easy. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> Helen Badu, you are a star. We're, we're so lucky to have you chat with us and, um, you Hi. know. <laughs> we are. It sounds like you're excelling in ISO. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to worry about here. Helen Badu, thanks for speaking with us. Okay, bye-bye. Independent Melbourne Radio 3 Triple R. As the JobKeeper wage subsidy rolls out, the state's peak body for unions says some employers are trying to abuse the scheme to rip off workers. And as a result, the Victorian Trades Hall Council has launched a website, jobscammer.com.au, calling for working people to share any dodgy experiences and to tell us more. We're joined by Secretary of Victorian Trades Hall Council, Luke Hilakari. Welcome to Breakfasters. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Uh, you're encouraging people to dob in your dodgy boss. What have you heard that's uh, made this necessary? Yeah, we were surprised by how quickly the scams started coming um, and we were shocked by uh, that someone would do that at a time in which we're all in, in a pandemic. Now, this is a moment in which we thought everyone just needs to come together and for the majority of businesses, um, they'll be doing the right thing. But for a number of people who were already in the business of stealing people's wages, this just seemed like a new scheme for them to take more money. Right, and how? what sort of scams are you seeing play out? So it sort of largely falls into like four different categories. Um, for a start, there's a number of businesses that have gone to their employees and said, yeah, all right, I'll put you on the JobKeeper scheme. You'll be entitled to $1,500 a fortnight, but I want to take a cut. Um, and we've seen that where employers have said, well, you know, I'm going to take a cut of $300 or $100, but that's money that is not for that business. That is directly for that worker to get them through so they can pay their bills, pay their rent, put food on the table. That's not for them. So that's the first scam we're seeing. Um, other interesting scams we're seeing come forward uh, uh, that uh, some businesses are saying, well, I'll get Jimmy to work, but I won't get Jane. And so they're taking, they're sort of like picking and choosing who comes on board. Um, you can't do that. You can't pick and choose. This scheme is one in, all in. Um, and that's really important. Um, so that's 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 another way we're seeing people that are that are being uh, uh, abused. Um, we're seeing some people who are being asked to work additional hours. So this is a flat scheme. So you're entitled to $750 a week, regardless of the hours that you do. So you could be working just four hours a week, and you're entitled to that $750. We're seeing some employers saying, well, actually, if I'm going to give you that money, I want you to work those additional hours, um, and that's putting extra extra 
burden on those workers that the scheme was not designed to do at all. So, so they're the large problems that we're seeing at this point. Hmm. And what about uh, companies not even applying for it? Is that a is that anything that concerns you? Yeah, it's a huge issue. Um, it's part of the fault with the scheme. There's, there's several big faults with the scheme. Um, one of them is that temporary migrants aren't entitled to it. Um, another, that if you're a casual who hasn't been at that business for longer than 12 months, you're not entitled either. Um, the third big problem is the one that you just pointed out, and that is that um, it's up to the business whether or not they start this scheme. So we're having a number of employers who said, look, we're already in hibernation. Like, we've shut down our business um, I don't want to restart. I don't want the admin burden to do that. Um, that's really a, a terrible situation to put people in because um, your only other alternative there is to go into the welfare system. Um, the difference between the job seeker and the job keeper payment is, you know, just a little bit over $200. But when you're only getting $750 in, um, that's a lot of money. So that, that's another huge fault with the scheme. And is it, a, is it simply just an admin burden? Is that the reason why... Uh, employers aren't sort of signing up to it. That 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 um, no, the, the, it's not the only reason, but it, it is the the major reason. There are some employers who are having um, a financial issue where they can't make payroll until the first amount of federal government kicks in, which is on May first. So the the company is supposed to be starting to pay people from um, March thirtieth, and people should be receiving that money in their bank account already. So there, there is, there, there is um, a financial gap for some people. Now, banks have stepped up and said, look, we're going to help you with this problem. So really, at this point, um, there's not a lot of excuses. Um, the form is really easy for a business to fill out. I looked at it the other day. I had a go at it. Um, it's about two or three pages. It's like the easiest form you'll ever get from the ATO. Hmm. And as uh, Secretary of Victorian Trades Hall Council, what it, what's your impression of the scheme coming from the Morrison government? Uh, a mixed bag. So $130 billion invested into paying workers' wages, we think, is a really terrific outcome. Um, but leaving a whole lot of people behind is just unacceptable. So there's over 2 million people in this country that are here either on a migrant visa or are undocumented, so they have no status in this nation, or they're a casual worker. Um, the, the, the businesses that were affected first and probably hit hardest were a lot of them in hospitality and retail the majority of those workers are young workers. Not all, everyone's a young worker, but majority of them are a sort of in a casual-like arrangement, and a heap of them, a heap of them, up to 60% of them, um, turn over their job less than every 12 months. So they might be in two, three different workplaces over a period of year, um, and we just can't let all these people just miss out. Like some of them will be able to go to welfare, some of them won't. Um, a lot of migrant workers aren't entitled to the um, job seeker allowance either, so they'll be in extreme poverty right now. Do you think there'll be any um, repercussions from um, businesses that that are kind of rorting the system? Well, that's what we want to see at this point. So the ATO can take action, but at this point they are so stretched that I'll be surprised that any of the fines will be issued. Um, what we will start to do is we're going to start naming and shaming businesses that are taking advantage. So the real bottom feeders, the people who... Um, this isn't a, a, a genuine mistake. People who are looking to gouge money from people who aren't earning much already during a pandemic, like, they're pretty much the worst of the worst. So we're going to start calling those businesses out um, and we're hoping it'll have a financial impact on them. Right. When do you reckon that, <laughs> that list might be launched? Uh, that list will start tomorrow. So every day I'll list a new business and we'll see what happens to them. 
Bloody hell. Wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Luke, do you you think more broadly this speaks to a deficiency in the scheme in that the money is going to the employer's rather than directly to the employees. Do you, could you see a way where this sort of scheme could work where the money goes straight uh, to the employees and you sort of you, you avoid having to go through the employers? Yeah, that would have been a sensible option. So give the money directly to the, the, the human that needs it. Um, the reason why they've done it to the business is to keep that connection between the business and the worker. So when we get through this pandemic, uh, that business can bounce back quickly. I think you could have kept that connection going anyway. Like, good employers are going to want to make sure that their people are on board and ready to go when all these restrictions get lifted. So the, 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 the straightforward option would have just been to put the money into someone's bank account. And is there anything more broadly about the pandemic that uh, you see affecting people's rights at work? Yeah, it's, 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 it's been really difficult for, like, many, many Australians. Um, unemployment numbers are going through the roof. Um, some people have been stood down. Um, some people have uh, just absolutely just lost their job. Some businesses will never restart again. And some people will be in, like, radical change about how they do their businesses going forward. So for many people, like, we're working from home. Um, for a lot of people, they want to continue working from home. So that'll be a big change in the nature of how we do our work. Some people are doing different jobs. So you might have been working in an airline and now you might be doing a caring job and you might decide that that's something you want to do. So I think there'll be um, a radical change in the type of work that people do and who they want to work with. So, yeah, I think we're looking at a a very different landscape um, post the pandemic. Mm, And we've just had a question asking, what about new businesses? Uh, They don't seem to be eligible. Yeah, so if you're a new business, you may be missing out. I'd, I'd, I'd encourage them to call the ATO. Um, it was for people who have been engaged in a business from, I think it was the 30th of March. Um, but if you're a new business and you think you're missing out, um, I'd call the ATO because like, we don't want anyone to be out there and not receiving a wage at this time. All right. Well, if you have any relevant experiences, the website launched by Victorian Trades Hall Council is jobscammer.com.au. We've been speaking with Secretary of uh, the Council, Luke Hilakari. Thanks so much, Luke. Thank you very much. Triple R. You've been listening to a podcast of the best bits of the Breakfasters, which is the Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Feel free to get in touch with Breakfasters via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or via the Triple R website. <laughs>